Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Account at full underscore slate underscore The NFL Week 15 edition. It's exciting to win money. And we'll take it through it when we get to the Jacksonville Houston game. Let's just start Is there anything you don't gamble on? Not really. Gambling gods, fickle oh, yeah. so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. There is. Good fucking riddance. I saw that article came out that he kicked Josh Lambeau, Josh Lambeau and said, like, fuck you, I'm the head coach. Like, this guy's a fucking loser. He doesn't know how to manage players that, you know, are also getting paid, like, it really evens the playing field when each team is playing professionals who are paid versus Ohio State where they just pay their players as well. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what's next for this guy, but I hope he never coaches football at any level again. No, he'll be joining Adam Gase on that staff, wherever that is in high school ball, <laughs> trying to. Trying to make his way back. You know some some college will hire him, so he doesn't have much way to work back. It, I mean, he'll fairness, find a coaching there's position. There's not that many vacancies left, right? At least at the big schools. No, he could coach some, like, D3, D2. Yeah, he'll, he'll find a spot eventually, I'm sure, if he wants to, unless his, you know, his – migraines are acting up or it's heart hurting or whatever whatever <laughs> yeah. the next thing is some temporary medical problem where he's like nearing death but then coaching in two weeks <laughs> right exactly so there we go urban Meyer let go we'll get more into it when we get into houston visiting jacksonville but let's get started thursday night football the kansas city chiefs visiting the la chargers at sofi stadium maybe the chiefs making another visit back to sofi in the month of february as it is, at least for now, 
the site for the Super Bowl as there have been some outcries to move the Super Bowl out of California. But um, we're not going to talk too much COVID here, although we do have uh, some COVID stuff impacting the NFL. The Chiefs are a three-point favorite in this primetime game. Week 15 kicks off with this class, this clash of AFC West foes. Total of 50, 52, obviously Chiefs totals always bring high totals. This the highest total on the board in NFL Week 15. I'll get it started. I know you're going to like the same side. So it's a consensus for us on the L.A. Chargers getting the three at home. I think a lot of people aren't even aren't remembering the fact that the Chargers are still very much in the AFC West picture to win this division. They win tomorrow night at home or tonight, I should say, at home. And they are just one game back with a head-to-head sweep of the Chiefs. And, you know, while the Chiefs, the entire nation has just been wanting to crown them as back. And those cries only getting louder after a blowout victory of the Las Vegas Raiders last week. The Raiders are clearly in disarray. And that's a team that, save for its Thanksgiving win against the Cowboys, really has been spiraling out of control the last month. So, yeah, could the Chiefs end up in the Super Bowl? I'm not going to sit here and say you're crazy for thinking that. But at the same time, I look at the L.A. Chargers and think, well, I'm going to take points with them at home against almost anybody in the NFL when you consider the fact that I know it was the Giants last week, but they go on the road and kick the crap out of the Cincinnati Bengals the week before that. As I said, they've gone on the road and won at Arrowhead. So I just think right now, these two teams are, you know, closer to more like a pick 'em at SoFi, if anything, you know, and and so I think this line's just a little too generous towards the recency bias of the Chiefs and and the whole nation, as I said, wanting to kind of crown them as back. So I'm on the Chargers here. I, I think it's a great spot for them to uh, really make a little bit of a statement to the the whole league that. They are a force to be reckoned with. If the Chargers lose this game, I think the narrative around them is just, eh, you know, they're just kind of a good team, not a great team. Nobody takes them too seriously in uh, in the playoffs. But if they win this game, they're firmly on everybody's radar, I think, and, uh, and a dangerous team heading into January. Chargers plus three, I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking the points as well. I would not be surprised if they win this game. We saw we saw the Chiefs really get absolutely dominated by the Broncos. The Broncos offense that we don't really love that much, but Broncos, they outgained them. They had 404 yards compared to the Chiefs, 267 yards. Also, Chris Jones on the COVID list, that's a huge loss for the Chiefs defense if he's not able to go. Obviously, they beat up on the Raiders last week, but that team's pretty lifeless. I I really don't put much stock into that. I, I think the Raiders are pretty dead, so everyone thinking that the Chiefs are back. Just look one week before that, and they, they barely covered against the Broncos. They, they beat them by 13 points. So that was off a defensive touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater did not play a great game, but like I said, the Broncos really dominated them. And 
this Chargers offense is way better. I think they're going to be able to outscore them. I, I think the Chargers can win this game outright. I'll definitely be taking the plus three. Agreement on the Thursday night game with a home divisional dog. Those are hard to pass up on anyway, unless you're talking about the Jets and like an NFC, AFC East game. So uh, I definitely agree with the home short dog here with the Chargers. Let's go to a game that is hard to make a read on, but the line at some shops is up there, up there. Up Sputtering and then some not going to the playoffs. I think we can say that pretty clearly here and here the Raiders are visiting the Cleveland Browns and we just don't know who's available for Cleveland it does look like this line has moved significantly with all the COVID problems the Browns are having to where the Raiders are a short road favorite but I just don't know what to do with this game Alex and I think honestly if I was a Browns player like Baker Mayfield is apparently vaccinated asymptomatic and not doesn't look like he's going to play like if I wonder what goes on with the players union and the owners over the next couple weeks or a couple days even, because it just feels like if I was a player, I mean, th- there are people in this country that undoubtedly I'm sure are going to work with, you know, maybe it, had they been tested, they would test positive, but they're not getting tested because they don't have symptoms and they're vaccinated. So I think the NFL needs to do something about loosening protocols to where these guys can play because I mean, I don't want, I'm not really, I don't really like Baker Mayfield, but if he's asymptomatic and vaccinated, like I don't know what else to say. So I, I don't have much on this game because it's just, I'm, I feel like the situation for Cleveland may even change more, although it is a Saturday game. So there's, you know, 24 fewer hours for that situation to change under. Um, and I, I mean, I don't want any part of the Raiders. I think you said you got in on this early, but uh, you know, I, I don't know what you have to say about this whole situation in the league, but I do kind of feel that the Browns and some of these other teams that have COVID lists, you know, that are as long as like a Mark Twain novel, I think they're getting uh, getting shafted. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I I did grab the, the Raiders at plus six, and this was more a fate of Baker Mayfield. I might feel a little more uncomfortable with, Keenum playing I think Keenum is actually an upgrade but you look at this list I mean Hooper's out and Joku's out that's both their starting tight ends and then you have well I don't know if they're out but they're on the COVID list Wyatt Teller COVID list Jedrick Willis so that's two of their best offensive linemen yeah I really I would not recommend anyone bet this game either side the only way you could look is the Raiders because they don't have any sort of COVID outbreak and if they're going to actually play this game on Saturday you would have to lean the Raiders but like we said that team looks absolutely lifeless so I'm not running to back the Raiders either you see all these players out for the Browns but Raiders are still not very good right now i I would not be running to lay either of these teams. And I'm not really running to say any more about this game. So let's go to the other game. By the way, we have another game on Saturday night. I, I'm all in, by the way. On, I know the players don't love the Thursday night game, and I can understand that. But I'm all in on these Saturday games, and I get it. You have to wait until the 
college football, you know, window is over and Army Navy even gets its little standalone Saturday slot. But I love the week 15, week 16, and I guess maybe even week 17 now, Saturday games with an 18th week. They always did that last Sunday. It was all Sunday games. So I guess uh, I'm going to look now to see if we get three weeks of Saturday games. I know that we get Saturday games this week. And, of course, Christmas is a Saturday. There's a doubleheader then. And uh, no Saturday games week 17 and 18, Alex. But I I, I love it. I, I, I Saturday NFL around the holidays, I, I always enjoy. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. And anytime there's more NFL, I I definitely agree. Thursday night football, the, the product has been watered down because, you know, short week, a lot of guys coming off injuries. And it's tough to get back from a Sunday game to a Thursday night game. I still do love the Thursday night primetime, even though it's some of the worst matchups you'll see. But I do love these Saturday games for sure. So the final game of the doubleheader on Saturday is an interesting one. It's the New England Patriots heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, where we're seeing Indianapolis a short two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total in this game of 45-and-a-half. And, you know, a buddy of mine brought this up, and I honestly didn't think about it, but Josh McDaniels and everything that went on with the Colts when they were going to hire him. I know that's a while ago now, but the meaning, <laughs> is this the meaningful a Josh game McDaniels for both teams, game? It's not where I'm There's going. No way. Okay. All right. But Good. it's just like a funny thing to think about that, like, he was hiring staff apparently and just reneged on the offer and was just like, peace. Like, I'm going back to New England. Like, so, uh, anyway. Uh, no, I, I'm gonna. I, I think I think both teams are honestly better off that Josh right. McDaniels did not you know, take over the Colts. Indianapolis yeah. had to wait until all the way after the Eagles won the Super Bowl and then hired Frank Reich, and he's been a great coach for them. And here they are, having started slow. Uh, they did it Frank Reich's first year actually. I think they were one and five with Andrew Luck and got to the playoffs and. They're probably going to end up in the playoffs again this year, and I think they're going to win this game. I'd go ahead and lay the two and a half. I think uh, New England has to be the squarest dog on the board this week when you think about the Patriots and how hot they've been. And I was saying this a couple weeks ago, Monday Night Football, going to Buffalo, feeling the Patriot train slowing down. But listen, seven consecutive wins and covers, like it's really insane the run they've been on against the spread, and it does feel like the public support for New England – is back and better than ever uh, the way it was during the Brady days when New England would just routinely outperform the marketplace. I I think right now, New England, I I look at these two teams and think they're kind of similarly constructed in the sense that neither one of them have great wide receivers. They're going to want to try and win the grudge match in the trenches and pound the rock. Uh, And I'm going to lean to the home team when I look at teams kind of constructed in, in a similar fashion I know the running backs won't don't matter crowd won't like this, but I'll take Jonathan Taylor over the running backs that this, the uh, Patriots are rolling out. Uh, offensive lines, I feel like, are comparable. Uh, I think that at home, it's a spot for Indy to take care of business. As I said, New England square dog. Colts gave the uh, Bucks all they could handle, albeit lost the game. Um, should have beaten Baltimore at Baltimore in Monday Night Football, you know, just in thinking of some of the more marquee opponents on the Colts schedule. It's not as if they don't belong 
in that class. Like I said, played right with Baltimore, played right with Tampa Bay. Um, and, you know, obviously they're not exactly in the best division in the NFL there in the AFC South. But I, I think this is, you know, both teams out of a bye. Both teams, a lot of things line up here where both teams, as I said, kind of play similarly. I, I guess you would maybe trust Mac Jones to protect the football a little bit more than Carson Wentz. But the last time we saw Mac Jones, he threw three passes. So what do we really know about Mac Jones and going on the road in a primetime game? Uh, you know, by the way, San Francisco starting to play better. I'm looking at the Colts schedule. That dominating win they had in the monsoon in San Francisco, I think, starts to look a little bit better as the 49ers look to have recovered. Go all the way back to early in the season. They played right with the Rams as well. So I, I think this is a pretty good indie team that's ready for a big breakthrough win. And I think it comes on Saturday night. Colts minus two and a half. Yeah, we love the Colts in this spot. We, New England, they allow 115 yards on the ground per game on average. And we just think Indy is way better in the trenches. You know, Judon, great edge rusher, but New England up the middle is, they can definitely be had. We saw the Tennessee Titans do this week 12. The Titans had 270 yards on the ground with fucking Dontrell Hillard and Deontay Foreman. Patriots are allowing 4.49 yards per carry this season. We love the Colts in the spot. I think they're really going to control the game on the ground. Jonathan Taylor, he should really go off. He's the best back in football. I really love the Colts in this spot. I think they're going to control the game in the trenches, both sides of the ball. Offense and defense. We really like Indy here. It's just really a matter of if Carson Wentz can just be competent and not throw those dumb interceptions, which we've seen him do <laughs> multiple times, which very disheartening. We saw that game against the Titans, which he threw that terrible interception several so, yeah, if the Colts just keep the game on the ground with Taylor, I really like them in this spot. I think this number's a little too low. Like you were saying, this is definitely going to be a very public dog. Everyone thinks the Patriots are one of the better teams in football, but we haven't seen that much. I I really don't believe that. I, I think the Colts can can really win handily here. Let's move on and go to the Sunday afternoon slate, starting the early window. In South Philadelphia, the Eagles return from their bye week, rotation number 304, laying seven against the Washington football team, total in this game of 44. And Alex, this was maybe a little bit of a um, speculative play on my part. I'm going to take the seven with Washington. I know you're in that market and the COVID list is uh, you know, decimated there. For the football team, but I also, you know, non-COVID thing going on with the Eagles, Jalen Hurts might not play. And I know Gardner Minshew played well against the Jets before the bye, but it would be very Gardner Minshew if he has to play here to now lay an egg. Like, that's why he's still a backup quarterback. And so 
I was not in on the Minshew mania. I'll just say that. And I kind of think that, like I said, a little bit of a speculative play on my part in the sense that if it is Minshew, I would expect him to not play nearly as well. And if it is Hurts, well, where's he at health-wise coming back? Big divisional game. Eagles off. I don't like fading teams off buys, but this is just getting rich for my blood at seven. I think this opened at like two and a half, three, and now it's up to the other big key number. Like, I, I think at a certain point you have to look at, you know, it's dog or pass. So I don't feel great about it, but it's a division game. I expect it to be close. Neither one of these teams has a ton of explosive playmakers. Uh, you know, Devonta Smith has been not as explosive for Philly lately. And uh, Terry McLaurin may not play for Washington, did not practice on Wednesday with a concussion. So I kind of look at this as being a lower scoring game and, I kind of feel like either Jalen Hurts is less than 100% and not able to run, which takes away an important dimension of the Eagles offense if Hurts is the quarterback, or Gardner Minshew just reminds everybody why he was the backup quarterback for so long. So I'll take the seven points with Washington, but you're going to, I'm the Eagles fan, and you're going to call for an Eagles blowout here, huh? Oh, absolutely. I I grabbed, uh, I grabbed Washington. Plus four and a half on Sunday. I saw all this this COVID stuff coming down, and I bought back in the Eagles at five and a half. So if this game falls five, you know I'm holding four and a half and five and a half. If the <laughs> game falls five, I feel like the biggest fucking idiot. But Washington, just way too many people on the COVID list. It, it's not even worth playing Washington at this point. You you got Several starting defensive linemen. You got Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis. Like you were saying, Terry McLaurin, who had a concussion last week. I would be surprised if he played. Logan Thomas to the IR. I don't know how Washington is going to move the ball. Does look like. Heineke is going to start. He had a full day of practice today, and he looks on track to play, but I don't really think that matters. The the defense is all on the concussion protocol. I mean, they have like four or five defensive linemen on the protocol list, and I'm not exactly sure how that works. Like, I know you have to have certain positive tests or negative tests to to actually play. I'd be surprised if these guys actually play come Sunday. I think the Eagles are going to absolutely dominate them. I know. Does it matter who the quarterback is? No, I'm. I. I don't. I don't care. The the Eagles have. So it looks like Quez Watkins is on the on the protocol. That's their only player. I liked what I saw from Minshew. Obviously, you would like to see Jalen Hurts, but I know he's battling an ankle injury. I'm not running to lay seven, but I'm pretty comfortable where I am at five and a half. Yeah, I like the Eagles here. To, I think they're, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to dominate here. I just hate oh. laying seven in the divisional game. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just I know that Washington's having problems, but I've watched the Eagles all year and I don't 
really trust them to cover this big of a point spread against anyone for that matter. So I'd love I to be wrong. Maybe, but, 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 but with, with ter- Terry McLaurin would be my biggest concern. And that's not COVID. That's a concussion from last week against Dallas. I mean, without him in the offense and then Logan Thomas on the IR. Yeah, see, I don't I, – I mean, Darius Slay's been so good where I even if McLaren was playing, I don't know how effective he would be in this spot. So I'm just kind of thinking that this is going to be a lower scoring well, that, game in which the team that wins or in this case covers makes fewer mistakes. And like I said, I just – I don't love the way this quarterback thing's trending because I don't trust Gardner Minshew to play well again if he is the guy. And Hurts – Maybe, you know, it's going to be hobbled here and still not back from it's a high ankle sprain. Those things take five, six weeks. Yeah, so that's fair. But how is Washington going to score for any points? Remember, this is an Eagles defense that was making Zach Wilson look good for a half. You know, (laughs) the Jets were moving the ball. So I think that game almost went over the total in the first half. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, yeah so, that's fair. That I I just don't trust. Again, my play, Washington and I'm an Eagles fan, but I I think it pays to know when to bet on against your team, and I just it's it's really just about a lack of trust with the Eagles, where they've been. Yeah, playing, I don't think this is a spot. I don't think this is a spot. I understand your sentiment. I, I hope you're wrong. I would love nothing more than to lose <laughs> this bet and to have the Eagles win comfortably and Washington be six and eight. Eagles are seven and seven, right in the mix. Because I think there's value in a team with a first-year head coach and a young quarterback if Hurts comes back making the playoffs here. So I'm all for it. Uh, I just don't know that I trust them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. I'll tell you what, though. I got tickets to the game the week after against the Giants. That's like if you're right, Alex, and they blow out the football team, Eagles are gonna the Eagles are gonna be close to a two touchdown favorite against the Giants. Like that's gonna be oh easily depending on the quarterback situation. Yeah, but you're right. So anyway, let's move forward. And speaking of the Giants, well, this isn't a Giants team, but actually, it's the only professional football team in the state of New York, and it's the Buffalo Bills hosting the Carolina Panthers. There's there's Massive favorite here of ten and a half points, total of forty four and a half. You know, and I don't think either one of us are going to play this game, Alex. But if you were going to play it, you have to play Buffalo because Carolina is just such a mess offensively right now. Where you know this Carolina team could not score a touchdown and nobody would be surprised. So you know. Oftentimes with these big spreads, if we're taking the dog, we think, oh, well, maybe they could hang in it and keep the back door open. Well, I don't think Carolina is doing that. Like, it is crazy how quickly things shifted for the Panthers, where they're 3-0, and albeit they hadn't beaten anyone. But they're 3-0, and and oh, Sam Donald, rebirth of his career. And, you know, look out for the Panthers. They're all in on the season. They're going to go get Stephon Gilmore. You know, and it just uh, went to shit pretty quickly for them down there in Charlotte to the point where Joe Brady is out of a job, probably wrongfully so, but that's the reality we're living in right now with the Panthers. Whereas the bills, they did lose, but the offense woke up in the fourth quarter, which I think is what you needed to see. If you're back in the bills here, which again, I don't blame anybody for laying the lumber here because Buffalo's offense woke up against Tampa in the fourth quarter, got the game to overtime, didn't win, but now, now the bills are on the precipice of making the, of missing the playoffs rather. So they can't be screwing around 
with Carolina here, you would think they'd bury him. So it's Bills or pass. Yeah, it's got to be Bills or pass for me. We don't even know who's playing quarterback in Carolina right now. I think a better look would be just to see come Sunday who was playing quarterback and then just fade them. Just bet, you know, Cam Newton to throw an interception. Probably be like minus 145 or something like that. But I think a good look would be a sprinkle on Bill's defensive touchdown. That's about all I have. I have to lean Bills here, but also don't. Yeah, and I should add that we talked in our prep about I was thinking maybe Buffalo and the team total over because of the fact that the offense kind of got going there in the fourth quarter. Still no semblance of a run game for Buffalo, though, so I do think that's a little concerning. But you hit a couple big plays here to Stephon Diggs. As you said, defensive touchdown. This kind of feels like Buffalo, like 42-10, honestly. Yeah, I just don't see how Carolina is going to move the ball and score, especially in Buffalo. Yeah, like the more you talk about, the more I think that the Bills are the side. I I just hate laying this amount of points. 11 is a lot. Especially in the NFL. College is a different story. But let's go to another big point spread with uh, a team not as good as the Bills, but uh, they're playing a lot. They're playing very well, and they're coming out of a bye. That's the Miami Dolphins laying 10 at home against the New York Jets, total of 42. You know, I mean, the Jets, like, it just – it is what it is with them every week where, like, they were just what the doctor ordered for the Eagles after the Eagles lose to the Giants. They, you know, get the Jets on the schedule, beat them by double digits. Just what the doctor ordered for the Saints is the Saints were 5-7 and and really in a must-win game last week. And they win it. New Orleans kind of hanging by a thread in that wild card chase as well in the NFC. So here the Jets are. Like, it's just I've bet them a few times this year and just felt like the number got a little too far and took the points in certain instances with the Jets. But it, it's it's a defense that is just such a train wreck right now for gangrene. And obviously Robert Sala is a defensive minded coach, but they can't stop a nosebleed. To quote, to quote part Scott. So um, I would really struggle with back in the Jets here. And Miami, you know, coming out of a bye, big number, six and seven. Dolphins got to win out. Like, it just feels a little too square to lay it with Miami here. But again, I, I there's nothing about this dog that even makes me want to plug my nose. No, this is a hard pass. I, I know the the Dolphins have a couple of running backs in the COVID protocol. You got Ahmed and Gaskin as of last week. But that still doesn't make me want to back the Jets. It, it's just a bad team. The defense well, is also even as of worse last than the week, offense. I'm not sure how much of that has changed with their bye. So if there's yeah, a time to have right. COVID problems, you would think you would want it on your bye. Yeah, and just Zach Wilson, he's just due to throw several interceptions. And then, you know, Miami just eats these defensive touchdowns up. So I'm just not running back at either team. I hope I don't see this on red zone once. 
Let's move forward and go to another New York team. And uh, they're not any better. It's the New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. Matter of fact, Giants might be worse. Uh, catching ten and a half. I was going to say this. This might be a worse game than the than the previous divisional game as well. It's tough. Giants are catching ten and a half at home. Total of forty four and a half. I mean, we can't even preach Danny Dimes in his. Well, actually, that's only on the road. He sucks at against the spread at home. Giants. Yeah, we don't even gosh, like him like, at. We don't even like him at home. And now we don't even like him at home. He's out. Not, and he's out. You know. Game. So what the hell? do we do with this game? I mean, Dallas really, I mean, that was a misleading final score. Like they really took it to Washington last week. Cowboys running away with this division, you know, probably not going to get the one seed, but they're only a game behind Arizona, Green Bay and Tampa. So, you know, certainly some seeding implications for the Cowboys on the line here down the stretch. I will say Alex, I don't, I'm not going to play this game, certainly not taking the Giants, but it's one of those things where Dak Prescott, I don't feel like has looked himself since he came back from the injury. So that does make me hesitant. Like, I would not take Dallas. Like, I, I would pass this game because we talk often about big favorites. Like, we think Buffalo could score in a hurry against Carolina. I don't know that Dallas does that here. Just because, again, Dak hasn't looked as good post-injury. So that makes me hesitant at a big price range with the Cowboys on the road. Yeah, I completely agree. It didn't quite look right last week, and it didn't get the running game going that well. That was really on their defense Micah Parsons is an absolute monster I could easily see Dallas covering the spread but what do we know about the Giants is it going to be Glenn is going to be Jake Fromm there's just too many unknowns I, I don't want to lay this with the Cowboys in the divisional game on the road but I also can't back the Giants with this many question marks Tony, he's on the COVID list. It's one of their better receivers. I just don't trust this Giants team at all with the quarterback concerns. And then Dallas, I, I love their defense right now. They, they looked great last week, but they've also gotten shredded before. Yeah, this is definitely a hard pass for me. Let's keep this, keep this. Game. The Tennessee Titans visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field. Tennessee is a short one and a half point road favorite, total of 41 and a half. Last last stand for Pittsburgh, I think your Steelers have to have it, Alex. Tennessee, you know, they're in contention for that number one seed still in the AFC. Titans are getting healthier. Uh, as uh, Julio Jones has returned. Looks like A.J. Brown's getting closer. Uh, Derrick Henry, not yet, but seems like the playoffs are realistic for him, maybe even late in the regular season. Tomlin, as a home dog, is always a good bet. And uh, texted you the trend. It is 
actually the Steelers in general, general, general this season as home dogs since the start of 2019. Tomlin is a home dog, 12-3-2 against the spread. And Ben Roethlisberger is a home dog, both 9-2 straight up and against the spread. I know. I know. Because you jinxed the Steelers earlier this season when you played the song on this podcast, but I do think it's Steelers are past. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike Tomlin as an underdog is a is an auto bet. He's 43-22-2 against the spread in his career as a dog at 66%. He's even better after week five and on. As an underdog, week five and on, the Sears are 35-13-1 against the spread, which is 72%. I grab plus two. Duffy feels like a homer bet. But you have to play the Sears here. This is Sears or pass. You can't trust this Tennessee Titans team. My only concern here is the Sears defense. The run defense has been absolutely atrocious. They're 30th in the NFL. They allow 139.5 yards per game. Week 12 against the Patriots, they just absolutely dominated them on the ground. So that is a huge concern. But saw T.J. Watt, he was limited in practice today. So trending up, I think he's going to play. Joe Hayden, he was activated off the COVID list, but he didn't practice today. He's dealing with a foot injury. I still think this is Steelers or pass. You love Mike Tomlin in this spot, especially as a home dog. Yeah, you have to play this or just pass. On we roll to, well, let's do it now. The Urban Meyer Bowl as the Houston Texans. Still a three-and-a-half-point underdog at Jacksonville. But, gosh, I got to think the Urban Meyer firing has got to be worth, like, a point upgrade for Jacksonville. Like, like Urban Meyer might have been the only in NFL history that was worth. Right. Are they, are they getting better? I think, yeah, the, are getting I think better. the Jags are better now. Right. Which makes me nervous because I like the Texans. Yeah, I'm going to pass this game, I, but you like a divisional dog here with the Texans getting three in the hook. I do. I love that. I I love the Texans in the spot. They completely dominated the Jags in week one. Granted, that was uh, to Rod Taylor and not Davis Mills. But, but Mills looked, Davis Mills kind Mills of looked, his own recently. He looked very competent last week. I mean, no interceptions. He had... I think he had over 300 yards passing and a touchdown, and it was just the defense that couldn't stop Seattle. But this Jags team is just not very good. Yeah, now I'm I'm actually concerned that Urban's fired and that they'll actually play James Robinson, who is their best back, and he wasn't playing before and. You saw players got to be Trevor fired. Lawrence, you saw Trevor Lawrence call him out, saying like, "Why is he not playing? Why is James Robinson not playing? This is one of the better players on our team." Yeah, and we like this spot of 
coaches getting fired. So this makes me nervous, but I am taking the points with the Texans. I've already laid it. I'm a little nervous now with Urban being fired, literally raised. We hopped on, but yeah, I'm still going to lay it. Let's move forward and go to Mo- the Motor City where the Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. Um, they're about, yeah, 15 and a half, it looks like. Road favorite against the Detroit Lions. Total in this game, 47 and a half. You have Arizona off a loss. Uh, Arizona 7 and 0 on the road this year, straight up, which is pretty impressive. But there's going to be no DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't know if I'm Arizona, like, You've already won a bunch of road games. Like I don't, I don't know where their re- need for margin is. I don't want any piece of Detroit. They're a COVID-riddled team right now, too. Uh, but another big, there's a lot of double-digit lines this week, Alex. And besides Buffalo, not many that I would consider laying, but also not many I want to take all the points with either. Like none of these dogs are appetizing. But I don't know that a lot of these favorites are really, you know, motivated to kick the shit out of the other team. Like right, are they? Are they playing for a margin? I I really don't see it, yeah. But like you're saying, the the lines are kind of dead. The the COVID stuff, they, they have a ton of concerns on offense. Jared Goff might not play again. Like this is definitely a pass. I, I think you have to look to player props here. You look to you gotta look to Christian Kirk. With DeAndre Hopkins out, Kirk is kind of the go-to here. So I would think Kirk over yards and any time touchdown, that would I would probably be a way better bet than, than laying this number with the Cardinals. I hate to lay a number like that on the road, but with the Lions concerns, yeah, it's definitely a pass. I would just look to player props in this game. Let's get to another game that we both like, and it is out in the Bay Area where the San Francisco 49ers, speaking of big lines, not sure how warranted this one is. San Francisco laying nine and a half against the Atlanta Falcons, total of 46. Atlanta, you know, for what it's worth, still in the playoff chase after that victory against the Carolina Panthers last week. I'm loving it because I still got a prayer at my over seven and a half wins. They got four games left. They're six and seven. I need two and two. In the last four, there is a Lions game uh, on the near horizon for Atlanta. So I I need two wins, should get the Detroit win. But the Falcons, again, not dead, catching nine and a half. And we've talked about Kyle Shanahan. He's been a good dog and not as good favorite. San Francisco's playing a lot better, and I think the 49ers are starting to feel like that team that played in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Jimmy Garoppolo just kind of managing the game getting the ball in the hands of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and they're doing their traditional team to just gobble up yards on the ground. He's to a pretty efficient offense. But having said that, again, Atlanta, they're a competent team, and that's ultimately what it comes down to when we're talking about these big dogs. Can the Falcons not get in their own way? Can they move the ball? Can they keep the back door open? I think it's yes all the way around with the Falcons. Arthur Smith, first-year head coach, seems to be getting more comfortable as the season goes on. Falcons live underdog here. 
I wouldn't be sure. I'm not going to say sprinkle the money line, but I think they could win this game because I, I just think the market is overvaluing San Francisco at the moment. And Atlanta, let's be honest, nothing flashy about beating Carolina, nothing flashy about beating Jacksonville, but they're winning games. They have to be believing in themselves right now in that locker room that they can still make something out of this season, even if they don't get to the playoffs. I just think there's a fight for the Falcons that I like in this game. I think they cover the big number. Yeah, this is an auto fade of Kashim, and this guy thinks he's the smartest dude in the room, and I just don't believe it. He, he's 12-22-1 against the spread at home. He's 14-23-1 against the spread as a favorite, and then as a home favorite, he's 4-14-1 against the spread. So it's 79% to the road dog. We love to fade Kyle Shanahan as a favorite. This is just too many points. I just don't see Kyle Shanahan pulling up a game plan like this. Like, why are they showing anything? They're a playoff-bound team. Why are they going to beat the Falcons at margin? Nine and a half just feels like way too many points. And we've seen road dogs. This year, they're 69-50-1 against the spread. We like a road dog, and we like to fade Kyle Shanahan, especially at home, and especially as a favorite. This is just way too many points. I love this. I love this line. This is one of my favorite bets of the week. I would say the Colts are one, and then Falcons are two. Love it, love it. We're both on those two sides with Atlanta and Indianapolis. A little bit of a crossfire coming here, though, in the Mile High City as the Denver Broncos are laying two and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe this opened around one, one and a half. So I think there's been a little bit of market support for Denver. Total of 44. I'm with the money here. I'm liking the Broncos at home. Mile High, Joe Burrow, young quarterback. Going into the altitude, always like that as a fade. And I worry a little bit about Cincinnati. I talked about it. We were both on San Francisco last week against Cincinnati. It's a Bengals team. We feel like this division was going to come down to the physical hurdles that the Ravens have had to clear with all the injuries versus the mental hurdles that the Bengals have had to clear in terms of being a young team, finally trying to win games in December, get into the playoffs because it's been, what, like almost 10 years now since the Bengals have been in the playoffs. So, um You know, young coach, young quarterback, young, a lot of things with the Bengals. A lot of reasons for excitement there, I think, in Cincinnati. But I don't know that they're ready to really uh, take that step now, as evidenced by the fact that they really didn't play well the first three, three and a half quarters against San Francisco. Woke up late, got the game to overtime, still lost where their head's at now after what could have been a really crippling loss last week at home against San Francisco. Denver, on the other hand. Bounced back in a big way. Needed to. Got it done against Detroit. Blowout. Cover. It was on them last week. Love them again here at home. Give me the Broncos. Laying the short number. Teddy covers. Does it again. Broncos win. <laughs> cover. Stay alive another week. Bengals not quite ready to put them in the postseason just yet. Maybe more like next year for the Bengals. I'll take the Broncos at home. Laying the short number. I think a big game on the ground for both Melvin Gordon and and Javante Williams, one of the better running back tandems in the National Football League. Uh, And again, I think Bridgewater will make 
enough plays, protect the ball, do his normal Bridgewater thing. Broncos for me, but you like the Bengals. I do. I I just like I just like Joe Burrow a lot more. We we don't like Teddy Covers in this spot. We do not like him as a favorite. We don't love him as a home favorite. Gets a little comfortable. We saw that the other week. I mean, he looked solid. They they were definitely the better side last week against a riddled Lions team. But the week before against the Chiefs, we saw several turnovers, and it was kind of concerning. They definitely should have covered that game, but he had several bad plays. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the better offense here. I think the the Bengals are going to run up the score. I think they can definitely score against this Broncos defense. We've seen be pretty solid, but I just don't see the Broncos keeping up with the Bengals. I, I really like the Bengals here in the spot. Let's touch on a couple games that uh, uh, wherever – Wherever you may shop, it's going to be different here with the L.A. Rams having a bunch of COVID problems as well. And the uh, Seattle Seahawks, that game at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. And then we have the Baltimore Green Bay game with the uncertainty surrounding Lamar Jackson. It does look like DraftKings is hanging a number expecting Lamar to not play as Baltimore is a five point home dog against Green Bay. And. The Rams are laying four and a half against Seattle in a divisional game. Seahawks are starting to play better. Alex, I, I, I just there's too much uncertainty with either one of these games for me to play them. And like I said, depending on your book, the numbers may not be what I'm saying they are, or these numbers could be on the move or off the board, coming and going. Anything that you have on these games? Yeah, this is definitely tough. The Lamar uncertainty is tough. He, he didn't practice today with that ankle injury, which obviously we saw took him out of the game and then Huntley stepped in. I'm going to – I'm laying it with the Packers, just rolling the dice, minus five. I'm hoping that he doesn't play and that I, – I feel like this number is a little low if he doesn't. So I think Vegas thinks he might. It's minus five feels a little low if it's going to be Huntley. But the the other one, the Seahawks-Rams, I think you have to just grab Seahawks. If you want to play it, that's the only side to play. Just too much uncertainty. I'm not going to play the Seattle-Rams game, but I am going to lay with the Packers. Let's go to Tampa where the New Orleans Saints – are a big dog against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 11-point favorite here for the Bucs. And, Alex, you're going to take all these points. Saints, obviously, fighting an uphill battle here to make the playoffs at 6-7. and seven. They have a head-to-head loss against the Eagles already. I kind of feel like it's New Orleans – excuse me, it's Minnesota, Philly, or Washington – uh, and that Philly-Washington game is kind of a loser-out game, in my opinion, this week. But is this just 
taking the points with a, a Saints team that you know might might still get up here now that they got a win and they're still mathematically well I guess they'd be mathematically alive even if they lost but they really needed that win against the Jets you just expecting a Saints team to really be all in this week and keep the game competitive and just take all those points yeah I think this is just too high I, I know we love the Bucks at home but we we saw this Saints team very competitive against the Bucks in a divisional game and they beat them outright 11 points just it just feels too high I don't I don't care who's playing quarterback it just feels a little too high 11 points it's kind of the same same factor when we saw like the the Falcons come in there the Falcons were about like 13 point underdogs in Tampa Obviously, they didn't cover the spread there. We saw that, but that was also two pick sixes. I think the Saints can control the game on the ground. Bucks have one of the better rush defenses in the NFL, but I just think the Saints can keep this close, no matter who's playing quarterback. Taysom Hill, if it, if he's the quarterback, it's going to be a very run-heavy game. We're seeing the total at. 46 and a half, which is pretty low for Bucks games with an 11 point spread. Yeah, I think the I think the Saints just keep this close. That's too many points. Those kind of tips you off that that New Orleans might be the side when you see a lower total like that with a Bucks offense that we know can score in a hurry. Um. Alex, last point on this game, and it doesn't have anything to do with this game, but when we're talking about the Saints, I feel like we have to reference the Kevin James movie playing Sean Payton. Like, what the hell? Like, I, I heard that and was like, there's no way that – like, I thought it was fake. Oh, jeez fucking Christ. Do you see that preview? It, I haven't watched the preview It has yet. to it's be. probably looks horrible, right? It has to be parody. It's definitely parody. I hope so. It, it looks. I'll tell you what, the Kurt Warner one looks it, terrible too. Oh my God, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, that that one that one is actually worse because that one is serious. That one is the Kurt Warner one is very serious. That's a it's like a Christian film production company making that movie. Right, Zach Levy. Yeah, they actually got some big names for that Kurt Warner one and. Yeah, that one looks brutal. I think this this Kevin James one is more parody, hopefully. Hopefully it's a little satirical, but I would not be watching either of those. Let's wrap things up, Monday Night Football. It's Kirk Cousins in primetime against the Chicago Bears. That's right. It's the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Windy City, and the Vikings are three-and-a-half-point road favorite, total of 44-and-a-half. Alex, I feel like if you're going to play this side, right, I, and I'm not, but I feel like it's Bears or pass because the problem with the Bears was that we thought the offense just was a complete train wreck. And I know they got, what, two special team scores on Sunday Night Football against Green Bay, but they were able to move the ball. And if they can do the same thing here and keep this game close, then you remember it's Kirk Cousins in prime time. <laughs> so Minnesota 
you know, survived by the skin of its teeth on Thursday night against Pittsburgh last week. And I know plenty of time to prepare here for the Vikings now with a Thursday to Monday situation, but Vikings are short road favorites right now. I mean, they've been playing all these crazy barn burner games that have gone right down to the wire, which make them a tough team to lay points with. And as I said, you throw in the Cousins primetime stuff, throw in the fact that the Bears offense started to move the ball a little bit more last week. Uh, yeah, I, I won't play this, but I, I, I think you would have to plug your nose with the divisional home dog, right? Yeah, un, un, unfortunately, yeah, I think you would have to go go Bears or pass. I really want nothing to do with this game. I'm sure I'll find a player prop here throughout the week, but Kirk Cousins in prime time, they're just begging you to lay this three and a half, right? This feels way too low. I, yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. It, like, it just feels like, oh, the anemic Chicago Bears and Vikings in playoff contention. Here you go. Lay the points. Exactly. Like, the Bears, are, what, what do they have to play for aside from being at home? Lame duck yeah, coach. Three and a half just, just feels, it feels too low. I, I really can't get Don't take the you. bait. No, absolutely not. There he is. He's Alex Uplinger. I'm Greg Frank at Alex underscore up seven at full underscore slate pod for Alex at undercover Greg for me. It's another NFL week 15 pod in the books as we try and keep them right on the hour each time. Alex, always fun, my guy. Looking forward to chatting more and uh, finally getting to see you next week. And uh, obviously we'll have another NFL pod to do next week as well. Absolutely, dude. Good to talk to you, buddy. All righty. Again, he's Alex Uplinger. I'm Greg Frank. This has been another edition of Full Slate. Thank you for all all for listening. Everyone, enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the Saturday NFL games. And, of course, please play responsibly.